One of the complaints that I hear from my patients is that they just don't have any breathing room in their lives because their days are packed full of activities between parenting and work, being a wife, being a daughter of aging parents who might need medical attention. Some of them run multiple businesses. They are community volunteers, they're leaders in their churches. They're also working on their relationships with their friends or their siblings. They are working on their finances, on their health and wellness. They are showing up to our therapy appointments every week. These women have full, full lives. And one of them actually made a comment to me a few weeks ago and she said, your kids are so young, you're so busy, but every time we meet, you make it look so easy. And I've been asked several times, how do I do it all? And in this episode, I'm actually going to share some of the things that have helped me crawl out of that exact same place of being so overwhelmed, so much so that my hair was falling out. I hope you enjoy this episode and you find it helpful. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. Okay, I'll be the first to admit that I haven't always had this concept of breathing room in my life. I don't like stress, but there have been many times in my life where I have felt stress, but I don't like the feeling at all. I know some of you do like that feeling of being busy and have a lot on your plate, but I am not one of those people. I like simplicity. I love free time where I have nothing to do. I love taking naps. (laughs) I love looking at my schedule and my calendar and seeing open space where I am free to do whatever I want. Nothing planned. Freedom and flexibility are so, so key for me. But like I said, there was a time when I felt like my time was not my time. It really felt like things were out of control in my home, my work, my health, my finances. I was trying to start a business. I was also doing work that I didn't really exactly love. I was feeling a bit lost and confused and overwhelmed by the direction of life in general. But thankfully, I am out of that now. And this episode is going to share some of the things that, looking back, really have helped me come out of that place of just feeling overwhelmed and feeling like every second of my day was being pulled, dragged, sucked out of me to a place where I feel really happy, really content, still busy, but in a way that also fills me up. Interestingly, this past weekend, I was telling my husband that I've worked six out of the seven days of the week for the past three or four weeks. And on Saturday, when I came home from my urgent care shift, I was thinking about that and thinking, it doesn't feel like I've been working that much. 
And it's because of some of these things that I'm going to share with you today. So the first thing is that I eliminated a lot of things from my life. I stopped teaching financial literacy courses, which is something that I did a lot a couple of years ago. I stopped posting on Instagram. I stopped traveling around the province to work. I would, you know, locum here, locum there, ER shift here, ER shift there. So I was traveling around, driving long distances to work in underserviced areas. So I stopped doing that. I stopped signing up for programs. So I was always in one program or the other, whether it was learning how to use email marketing or learning how to use social media to grow a business or all these programs, I was always signing up for something. I stopped taking on things. There was just too much noise. And in that season, I needed quiet. I needed stillness. I needed to quiet down my mind in order to even hear myself think and also to hear what God was telling me during those quiet times. I just needed to eliminate all the noise and really sit in stillness and embrace emptiness in my schedule and embrace just quiet. (laughs) So that's the first thing. I really just pared down on all the things that I was doing because I'll admit I was doing a whole, whole lot. Yeah, that isn't even the half of it, but I was doing a whole, whole lot, but I pared down a lot. The next thing I started to do was I started time blocking my days. So instead of trying to take care of the kids and responding to emails and all, you know, all of those things at the same time simultaneously, I've done an episode of, of multitasking before, and I really encourage you to listen to that episode. It's episode six, and it's called Why Multitasking is Not Productive. And so I stopped multitasking and I started to block off my day such that work stayed at work, time with the kids was time with the kids, exercise time was exercise time. What this allowed me to do was stay present, stay in the moment. And thinking back, I think this is what my patient was probably picking up on when she was like, oh, you make it all look so easy. It's because that one, it's because once I'm in a therapy session, I'm fully focused on the person in front of me, not trying to think about what's for dinner because I already have my list that I do every Sunday to know what's happening. I don't have to think about it outside of when it's time, not whether I'll get the chance to work out again because I have my blocks allocated for that already. There was a time actually exactly two years ago because I remember it was Mother's Day 2021 when I didn't have the capacity to be present, particularly when I was with my family. I was so spent, so tired. Looking back, I was burned out. The kids at the time were home 24-7. I was managing them. I was building a business. I was also working from home, doing telemedicine. It was in this season, if you've been following me for a long time, it was in this season that my hair was falling out so badly that I actually just took scissors to my hair and cut my hair off. Yeah, it was that bad. I just didn't have the energy to stay present. By the time it was 4 p.m., it was a constant thing for me to have my earbuds in. I would totally zone out to my surroundings. I just couldn't be present. I was drained, I was exhausted. And to tell you how much I had my earbuds in, I actually started to get irritation, particularly in my left ear, that eventually led to an ear infection because there was always earbuds in my ear. 
thinking back, it just sounds so crazy, but that was my reality just two years ago. And this leads me to my next point, you know, talking about being drained and being exhausted. One thing that I have learned to do is prioritize my sleep. I have a strict bedtime of 10.30. Sometimes if I'm pushing it, I will go to bed at 11. But on days when I'm up past that, I can notice the difference the next day. And if I happen to stay up past that, which I rarely ever do, I make sure that I try to get a nap in between the time I'm done work and before the kids come home from school. For me, being well-rested is the foundation for everything else, even to have the mental capacity to be present with my patients, to be present with my kids, to be present for my spouse, to be there for my friends. I need to be rested. I need to be hydrated. I need to have my fundamental human needs taken care of because when you're tired, all the work, you can come to therapy all you want, but all the skills and the strategies that you learn literally go out the window because These are mental exercises we're talking about. Staying present is a mental exercise. It requires discipline. It requires willpower, which at best will fail you even when you're rested and is even worse when you're tired. So I really learned that having that 1030 bedtime for me and prioritizing that and making sure that whatever I was doing, I was shutting down by 1030 really, really helped me get to the point where things are more harmonized and balanced in my life overall. Now, the fourth thing is I increased my capacity by recruiting or hiring help. You know, the most recent thing, actually just this past weekend that I'm so excited about is outsourcing my daughter's hair. I've been doing her hair ever since she was a baby. She's now almost six years old. Her hair would sometimes take me up to four hours. Actually, every other weekend, I would be spending four hours on her hair. She has a lot of hair. So between detangling it, deep conditioning it, blow drying it, and then braiding it, you know, and I'm on my feet doing all of this. That was a whole Sunday gone. Three times in her life, we've taken her to a salon and she's gotten her hair done. and They've done it really pretty for her. But every other time, it's been me. I think there have been a couple of times when her grandma was visiting that her grandma would do her hair. But other than that, it's been me. And so I, you know, I went on a hunt. You know, how can we... This is something that I would really like to delegate. She's old enough now that she's okay having someone else do her hair, and her hair is strong enough now that someone else can take over. And so we found a lovely lady who does kids' hair, and she did a fantastic job. And so that is my daughter's hair off my list of things to do now. I've also used catering services, grocery delivery services like Instacart. My husband is now chief of laundry staff. (laughs) So him and the kids, you know, they combine forces. They wash, they dry, they fold, they sort the laundry. He irons their uniform on Sundays and, you know, that's their bonding time. The more you can get whoever it is that's available, receive help. You know, I like to say that many people don't realize, especially my patients, these are women who are givers. They're people who are literally waiting in line to help you, to give back to you, Uh, but you find yourself defaulting to, no, 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 I don't want to bother them, or no, 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 you're apologizing, and mm -mm, no, take the help. Paying that extra for convenience. I've had cleaning services come to my home as well to help 
clean things, especially in that season when I said I was really overwhelmed, I would have cleaning services come every couple of weeks to clean, right? And so, and even then I was still overwhelmed, right? And so, you know, put it in the budget, have a line item in your budget where you allocate a certain amount of money every month to help with that. You know, consider it you buying your time back, your health back, your well-being back. Yes, it costs money, but what's the alternative? There is a cost to your health, right? On the other side of that, not everything can have that monetary evaluation. But if you think about it that way, that you are buying your time back, you're buying your health back, you're buying your well-being back, you're buying the health of your hair back, the the health of your skin, your joints, all of that, think about it that way. Set an amount of money aside for that every month to buy your time back, okay? And of course, take advantage of the free help too, all right? Now, the other thing that I've done to help manage all the hats and all the things that I I'm responsible for all my responsibilities is I don't sweat the small stuff. Someone said said this to me the other day and I have never really thought about that about myself, but for her to have observed that and said that I was like, yeah, that that is a big t- part of why I try not to get stressed out is I don't sweat the small stuff. But yeah, not everything goes according to my plan or to my timeline. And honestly, if it's out of my control, I find that accepting things just makes me a lot less stressed out. Just accepting that it is what it is. There's literally nothing I can do to control this situation. What is the point of getting stressed out? I remember back in 2013, my husband, we got, my husband and I did the first part of our wedding in Nigeria, the traditional part of our wedding in Nigeria. And he missed us. He was coming from Chicago. I was coming from Winnipeg. And he missed his flight. (laughs) He missed his flight. He fell asleep at the gate and he missed his flight. And so it was this whole thing trying to get him on a different flight and all of that. And that day I was spending with my father-in-law-to-be and he was like, how are you so calm? It wasn't just him. It was my family. Like, how are you so calm? He missed his flight. How are you so calm? Or the wedding was in like two days. And, you know, his luggage was missing and all of that stuff. But that's it's literally out of my control. What am I what is freaking out going to do? Right. I don't always get it right. But when things don't go according to my plan and it's out of my control and I see that freaking out is not it's not going to help. I just don't sweat it. I wouldn't call that small stuff, by the way. But I just it was just the example that came to mind. The next thing that I've done is I prioritize my well-being. I realize that the state of my mind is the thermostat that controls the atmosphere in my home. When I am irritable, it spills over to everyone else. And I've recognized the things that help me personally keep irritability at bay. So like I mentioned before, a good night's sleep is so important for me. The next thing is really having that time to myself in the morning. So my quiet time, I budget about an hour. Honestly, I usually get about 30 minutes in until one or both of my kids come and join me, which again, I've come to accept. They wake up, 
they look for me, they come join me in my quiet time. And I flip that in my head as opposed to seeing it as, oh, they're interrupting. This is the only time that I get. And here they go interrupting me. Why don't they go wake up their dad? I could easily go down that route, but I'm choosing to see it as they are learning by observation what prioritizing that time in the morning looks like, what having quiet time in the morning looks like. And hopefully as they grow older, they will also learn to take that time out in the morning to set themselves up for a peaceful, fulfilling, productive, happy, stress-free day to the best of their ability. I also prioritize exercising. So I've gotten to the point where I am seeing my patients later in the day on some days so that I can start off my day by exercising. I tried exercising in the evenings, but I was finding that I was getting too tired. And so now I'm rearranging my day such that I'm prioritizing getting my exercise. This keeps aches and pains away. I look better in my clothes and this makes me feel better and less irritable. And you might think that that is vain, but it is what it is to each their own, right? You need to know the things that you need to prioritize in order to keep your mental state in tip-top shape. So these are just some of the things that I've done that perhaps might give the illusion that I'm doing a whole lot and balancing a whole lot and managing a whole lot, which I am, but probably not to the degree that a lot of people think. Like I mentioned, the first thing I did was I eliminated a lot of things. For example, I only show up on social media now if I feel like it. By the way, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. I will be going live on Instagram every Wednesday this month talking about issues related to mental health. And so join me on Instagram um, at dr.yoande. So that's dr.yoande. And so we're going to be doing Instagram lives there. But all that to say that I only show up on social media when I feel like it, right? I've also hired an assistant who helps me curate my newsletters for the podcast to sharing those out on LinkedIn. And so I have eliminated a lot of things. I'm really just trying to focus on the things that are meaningful and important while adding some things back that have fallen by the wayside, like keeping up on my messages, which I definitely... (laughs) fell off the bandwagon with those, especially my WhatsApp messages. So we are trying to get on track with that, but it's really hard. But anyways, I digress. I approach my days as blocks of time. So that way I know that, okay, it's my working hours. I'm present here, my working hours. I stay as present as possible during each time block. I prioritize my sleep. I delegate. I enlist help where possible and within my budget. I accept things that I can't control and I prioritize my well-being. So those, that's it. That's really it. There's probably more, but those are the ones that came to mind as I decided to talk about this topic. I really hope that you found it helpful. And by the way, don't think I incorporated all of these things all at once. It is a work in progress. And some days I do really well, some days I don't. And that is just life. So I'm hoping that you can take one or two of these things, start to incorporate them so that way you can create more breathing room in your day, in your week, and in your life. Until next time, remember I am here fiercely advocating for your happiness. Bye. 
Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Di, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time. Thank you.